and live from Tribury Tower, it's Tribury Tower. <laughs> Remember when we used to be like, thank you so much to the whole team at Tribury Tower in our tweets oh and God. stuff? Yes, or like, yes. happy, happy birthday, Sidra, from all of us at Tribury Tower, and it's just me. <laughs> Welcome to Chivery Tower. We have a very special episode that we've been looking forward to recording for so long. And today we are talking about Dave Patel uh, and some of his TV and film roles over the last 10 to 15 years. So we're doing a bit of a deep dive, a Dave dive, if you will. <laughs> I don't know who thought of that. Was that your idea or Rabi's? Uh, it was <laughs> just it was us one of being chaotic. <laughs> So Dave Patel is a very lovable guy, and he's recently had a sort of a come up. I mean, his like popularity ebbs and flows, but I think South Asians have always sort of followed his career. But I've noticed that right now he's really in his peak era for the masses outside of South Asian people. Um, and beyond that, I think he just has this reputation of being a super likable, nice guy, which is fun and interesting. So I've been curious why people love Dave Patel so much and like why do I love him so much is he just hot and charming is there more to it so mm -hmm. yeah what do we think I think you named it well um he definitely has this like lovable nerd quality like he just seems like a nice guy and I appreciate that about celebrities when they don't try too hard to like make everyone like them he's just like doing his craft and minding his business the fact that he's not on social media, I think, allows yeah. people to project whatever image they have of him onto him, which is like, exactly. he does not talk besides, like, saying his lines and a few interviews that he does on press tours. But other than that, he's pretty private um, and he doesn't speak, which is kind of attractive in and of itself. In a man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love a man who does not share his opinions. <laughs> like, I do not care. Don't speak unless you're spoken to. Maybe that's too misogynist. I mean, not misogynistic. Misandrist. Um, He's also an age-appropriate crush. So when he was in Skins, I was like 16, and I think he was like around that same age. And so at that time, he was an appropriate crush for me to have. And now I feel like a lot of these new um, actors and like people that are sort of the up-and-coming celebrity crushes, they're all super young. Like, yeah. they, And it feels weird to be like, oh, that really cute. Yeah, because they're like 20, and I'm like, ew, that's just, <laughs> like, that's not yeah. appropriate. <laughs> yeah, he's too young for you, bro. <laughs> You're way too young. But Dave Patel's like a, like 31 or something, so I'm like, okay, yes, this is a very age-appropriate crush for me to have. Yeah, I think the other reason why I had a crush on Dave Patel is that it felt realistic in some delusional way that, like, oh, we're, like, in the same age range, and I could have a chance with him, because he did date Frida Pinto, and it's like, I don't look anything like her, and I'm not an actress, and I'm not, you know, in his circle, or have any qualification to think that this would be realistic, and yet my teenage brain could easily project that fantasy and the other thing, speaking of Frida Pinto, 
there is this notion that he only dates white women. I think a lot of Daisy women are like, oh, he's with a white girl. He only dates white women. And then I have to be the brown guy defender and be like, actually, he dated Frida Pinto <laughs> for six years. Like on some kind of like trivia, like Wikipedia page on Dave Patel. It's like, don't put me in that position where I have to defend a man. But True. like, it's factually inaccurate to say he only dates white women. So yeah. like, yeah, you do have a chance with it. But yeah. yeah, like a tiny sliver of a chance that um, is closing, has pretty much closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll break up. I think, though, personally, I mean, this is a me problem. If I had the chance to date him, I would have to think about it because, like, he is 6'2 or something like that. He's really tall. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm 5'3". So just personally, I don't like to date guys that are that much taller than me because I feel like a child and I <laughs> don't like it. So, I mean, not that he is, like, interested, but if he were, you know, I would have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, great. Glad you thought this through. I really, you can tell I've been thinking about this for many years. I'm like, what are the pros and cons of dating Dave Patel? <laughs> just like in case it might happen one day i just want to make sure that i have my boundaries set ahead of time Perfect. i know i have to make an informed decision also he's gujarati which kind of a red flag <laughs> not to be divisive but do gujaratis deserve rights i don't know right like jury's still out on that one i can't, um, I can't speak i can't say anything because <laughs> you can joke about that I can do. I can say I'm Gujarati. I said it before too, and every time Sidhu has been like, "Stop alienating our listeners." <laughs> so, what was the last Dave Patel thing that you watched? Mm, um, I watched the Life and Times of David Copperfield. I think that's what it's called. I watched it on the plane. I wanted to watch it when I saw the trailer, and then I didn't know where to watch it, and then it was on the plane. So. Um, it was pretty good. I definitely cried in it, and it was kind of, it was very, I didn't know what to expect, because it's kind of, like, magical realism, and so that was interesting, and he does, he's a really versatile actor, so it was really interesting to see him in that role. Yeah, that one was kind of a period piece, too, right? Like, some Victorian era? It was, like, um, industrial revolution age, and it's set in the UK and it's like the story of he's not an orphan but his dad dies and so his mom is a single mom and then she marries some rich guy so that she can like survive in the society and then that guy is super abusive to Dave Patel and he's all he's like uh he's always been a creative kid his mom was like really great um in terms of helping him with his creativity and just exploring things and adventuring um and then he has to go work in this bottle factory um and it gets really it gets very like les mis (laughs) really fast (laughs) like yeah it's really good um i would recommend watching it i mean i did watch it on a plane and i think there's something about plane movies that I end up just really liking them because I have nothing else to do but to just focus on the movie and like <laughs> watch it in detail and be like, this was a good use of my time because what else am I going to do on the plane? Yeah. So I'll give that caveat. 
But I would watch it again. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I that sounds really interesting and a lot more interesting than the last movie that I watched of Dave Patel's, which was The Wedding Guest, uh, which is garbage. It's on Netflix if anyone's interested, but it is like the weirdest movie um, I've ever seen. Well, one of the weirdest movies. And it's basically about a guy who travels from the UK to Pakistan to attend a wedding, but he's really there to kidnap the bride. And so Dave Patel is kind of hired as this kidnapper by the bride's secret boyfriend in the UK who's trying to, like, get her, like, free her from this wedding that she's been coerced into having in Pakistan. It's really weird. Uh, Some other shit happens. They get into, like, some other things that spiral into a completely different direction. So Dave Patel and Radhika Apte are the leads, which is a great movie for bisexuals because they're both really hot. But if you're interested in, like, plot development or character development, it Uh is just a horrible, horrible movie. And the director is a white guy who has a pattern of, like, making movies about brown people. So that should tell you pretty much everything you need to know about The Wedding Mm -hmm. Guest. I would not recommend it. Okay. But this movie is proof that I will literally watch anything that Dave Patel is there. Like, you can put this man in the most bottom-of-the-barrel shit, and I will watch it. Great. So, that's my review. He is also in a new movie, The Green Knight, which I haven't seen. It's not streaming yet. It's only in theaters. Yeah, I've been meaning to go watch it. I actually bought tickets to go watch it, and then I felt too tired to go. And so that's why I think they should just put it on streaming for all of us who, like want to support and also don't have the energy to drive to the movie theater. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're, um, it's going to be on streaming on the 18th, according to my cousin. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is, but it's supposed to be on streaming sometime soon. Okay. I'll probably watch it then. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what the movie's about. Um, I honestly couldn't even guess. Uh, it just seems like, it's very, uh, like, medieval. It's about medieval Europeans. And anytime anyone talks about, like, Europe in the Middle Ages, I just, like, lose full interest. Mm-hmm. But I will be watching it because they have dolls in it. Oh, I it looks really good to me. I'm, like, very into quests and, like, King Arthur and time period, not time period, and period pieces. Um, and I just love a good quest. And it seems like um, it has all of those pieces. I think he's a knight at the round table, right? Mm. It has to be. How many knights could there possibly have been? Okay, anyway. Um, you are we're going to watch it and find out. Wrong, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> like, the worst person you could possibly. You know, I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, this is a movie about Christianity. <laughs> okay. Right. I thought it was an alle- like a biblical allegory because I get at one point in the trailer there's a baby being born and Dave Patel says Christ is born and so I took that literally and I was like oh this is like the story of Mary and Joseph I think <laughs> not oh. like, I, like like fully just not realizing like King Arthur whatever like the historical timeline was way off and then I realized that it's about uh I guess, okay, this is my understanding, but there's, like, a sword stuck in a rock, and a knight has to go and retrieve it. Okay, that's uh, the story of King Arthur, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he he became the king. Okay, I think this is from, like, some, I don't know, some deep recess of my brain where I know this from, and I could be wrong. 
But I thought there was a sword stuck in a rock, and they said, the true king can pull the sword out. And all of these people tried, and none of them succeeded until Arthur pulled out the sword from the rock, and then he was crowned the king. Oh, okay. I mean, weird, arbitrary way to determine your ruler, but you know, it's better than what, whatever the hell we have. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> sure, we'll do it based on physical strength alone. <laughs> and, yeah, like, what the fuck is an electoral college? You're widely ordained, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe we should just have, like, somebody pull a rock out of a, a sword out of a rock. It should be a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> like, yes. Success of endurance and... <laughs> You have the stomach for the job. Let's see. Oh, my God. Wow. I, okay, so that makes sense. And then, like, Dave Patel is the Green Knight, which means something. Something. Um, I have no idea. Okay. I, I want to cool. look up the synopsis I can tell you, but I also want to watch it. So. Yeah, I want to be surprised. surprised. <laughs> yeah, for <I> once. Think- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as if we haven't had enough surprises in the past year, but, you know, in a good way. <laughs> Maybe we'll watch it and then we can do a next episode, which is just a full review of the movie. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, I wanted to watch it before we did this recording, but again, you know. Um, yeah, leaving the house. Too much. Yeah. Too much work. Too hard. So I want to talk a little bit about some of his most notable roles over the past few years and what we remember from them. And I think we have to start with Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, yeah. What do you remember from the film? Because it was definitely a moment. Um, I remember feeling completely gripped <laughs> by the story, and I couldn't stop thinking about Slumdog Millionaire, like, even after I watched it. Um, it was a really good movie at the time. I haven't seen it since. Um, it was a really good movie in, in that, because I love suspense and the underdog. But it was definitely kind of like, um, poverty porn-ish, and I obviously didn't have that critical lens when I was watching it in high school. Yeah. Um, but what I remember is that it got, like, a bunch of awards. I think it was the Oscars. Um, and the day after, our Golden Globes, they got a bunch of awards. I think it was the Oscars. It won, like, and, eight Oscars that year. Okay, it won, like, eight Oscars, and they had a great soundtrack. Um, what I also remember about the moment is that everybody and their mom watched it. So, like, it was this moment of, like, I went to a pretty diverse high school, but it was still, like, people, um, I guess, like, playing J-Ho at, like, the spirit rallies and, like, the dance team did a dance to J-Ho featuring Pussycat Dolls. And, like, that was a whole thing. And it felt like, oh, my God, representation. Uh, and I was in... I'm not in student council, but something called the Ethnic Advisory Council, which is, like, we just put on culture shows. So Slumdog Man was, like, a big deal for us um, and just having that kind of recognition. But the funniest thing that I remember, I'll never forget, is that the day after, it was Senior Ditch Day, which also was free pancake day at IHOP. And so me and my friends in high school ditched, and we went to this IHOP. In Corona, California, okay, on Senior Dish Day for free Pancake Day. <laughs> and we're sitting there, and we're all, um, you know, some of us were brown, some of us were hijab, some of us were, like, Arab. And so there was a diversity of skin tones at the table, and we were each eating, like, our dumb little two free buttermilk pancakes for free Pancake Day because we're broke as shit. Um, <clears throat> and, or we were in high school, and I don't know where you get money in high school, except unless you're <laughs> 
So, um, <laughs> um, we're eating our dumb little pancakes in your dish day, free pancake day at IHOP in Corona. And the people next to us, a bunch of white ladies, turn over and they say, Excuse me, are, are you the girls from Slumdog Billionaire? No! <laughs> no! Why? Why would you be an Oscar? <laughs> yes. Yes, we just won a bunch of Oscars last night, and we decided to come to the Inland Empire to go to Corona, California to get free pancakes at IHOP after winning, like, seven Oscars last night. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, can we get your autograph? I was like, um, no, we're not. We're not Hollywood actors. <laughs> no. But, you know, it was, like, this moment of, like, I guess people have this front of mind recognition of brown people. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> so yeah, was, yeah. What do you remember about it? Oh, I fully remember J Ho, like that song. Incredible. People were obsessed with A R Rahman. Literally won an Oscar for this song that year, um, which is wild. <laughs> I love that for him. Congrats to A R Rahman, just iconic. But the fact that yeah. he won a, like an Oscar for J Ho of all songs is so funny <laughs> because that's not even in the top twenty yeah, like, of his best like, songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe not even the top fifty of his best songs. Like this man's body of work spans decades, and he's made some of the most iconic music. Right, so it's like. He himself was probably like, okay, I guess you can give me an Oscar for this. Like, he probably gave the song in like five minutes. It was just like so funny how much traction J-Ho got. It was a, it was a moment. But yeah, very similar. I, it came out when I was in high school. It was a huge deal, and I remember being so excited about it. And in high school, our friend Wajiha, friend of the podcast, she and I um, went to the same high school, and we were co-presidents of uh, Muslim Student Association, which, first of all, was an organization that existed purely just for vibes. Like, all mm-hmm. we did was hang out, and we secured a place to pray for Muslim students. But mm-hmm. um, one time, we had a bonding retreat. Like, that year after Slumdog Millionaire came out, we had a bonding retreat where we just went to our friend's house, and we watched Slumdog Millionaire as a group activity. <laughs> and- <laughs> And we were so excited about it. And looking back, like, it was so much fun. We had a great time. But looking back, it was such an unhinged activity to do. Like, mm-hmm. what did that have anything to do with MSA? I don't know. But we were so stoked because um, yeah. it was just massive at the time. And I grew up watching a lot of Bollywood movies. So it's not like I'd never seen Indian people in movies before. But I'd never seen a movie with an all Indian cast get this popular in America. And it makes sense why it did, right? Like the director's British, the movies in English, it's very much catered towards a Western audience. Like you said, it's kind of, it's very clearly poverty porn, like hundred percent. If there's anything that Americans love specifically, it's a rags to riches story that's completely removed from any historical context of like, why is this person living in a slum in the first place? So optics aside, I will say I recently rewatched this movie because it's on YouTube. And I have to say the plot is riveting. <laughs> like storyline alone, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is very, um, like I said, I was gripped. <laughs> yeah. it, it was like also not knowing if um, that guy, the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, um, 
put the right answer or the wrong answer on the bathroom, like, mirror. And just, like, the... Oh, my God, yeah. The suspense of, like, which is a right answer, and is he going to trust this guy, or is he going to trust his own intuition? Um, It was wild. Yeah, I would probably watch that again. Great film, honestly. I hate to say it, but it's a (laughs) good-ass movie. Like, once you, as you get older and you understand, like, okay, yeah, the, uh, like, the context of, like, colonialism and casteism and classism, all this shit, you can't unsee it in the movie. But if you're able to put that aside for two hours or however long, you're Mm -hmm. like, whoa, this is great. Like, this is so (laughs) exciting to watch. Like, I love this. And Anil Kapoor made a great villain. Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did. Millionaire. Yeah, he's a great He wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> he was so much fun and to I, watch. And I used to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Like, it was popular at the time, too, mm-hmm. uh, when the movie came out. So it just felt like it was the perfect game show premise because we used to watch that as a family. And I'm, I'm, I think it's still on, but it's not, mm-hmm. the, it's not the same, like, popularity of reality TV show. A lot of shows, yeah, I think a lot of shows also just aren't, there's not that kind of, like, everybody's watching it at the same time element of it as it used to be in 2008 or whenever this movie came out, because now you can just watch anything you want whenever you want, but before you had to, like, sit down and bring the TV when something was on and watch it, so it felt like more of an experience. Yeah, Um, the lost phenomenon and um, even, like, Wipeout, I guess. Just, it was just, I just remember those as, like, bright spots of, like, like, this is happening right now in this society. Like, we're witnessing history being made. Um, yeah. I don't know that what we have right now, except just, like, total chaos and climate collapse. <laughs> yeah, and just, like, witnessing everything in real time through social media, too, is also a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But, yeah, I think also this time was kind of peak Obama era, like, hope and change, blah, blah, blah. So it was, like, also very emblematic of that era, too, where everybody was like, yeah, racism is solved and, like, we can do anything we want and a slumdog can become a millionaire. Yeah. 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 Different era, for sure. Yeah, definitely something different than where we are now. Yeah. Um, kind of on that same note, as far as like movies about Indian people directed by white people, um, mm-hmm. another thing that he was in was the second best exotic Marigold Hotel, which and the best and the best, <laughs> the best and the sequel, the second best <laughs> exotic Marigold Hotel. So I haven't seen okay. the movie, but I've watched the trailers and seen the posters when it came out. But my story about this movie is that recently I went to the dentist. And once the dentist saw me, he asked me where I was from, naturally. So I was like, oh, I'm from Pakistan. And somehow he just registered that as India. So then he just started talking about, like, every reference he had for India. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my my wife and I, we love watching Indian movies. We just watched the Best Exotic Marigold <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> I, ha- I haven't seen this movie. I've only seen, like, the posters and the trailer. Mm-hmm, but this mm-hmm. is... This is not an Indian movie. <laughs> this is a right. movie about white people in India, <laughs> directed by a white person. And Dave Patel just happens to be in it to spice it up. 
But it's like fully a white cast. Like Judy Dench is in it. I think the premise is that they're at this hotel for like vacation. Which is so funny because Dave Patel really, like, if there's one thing he's going to do, it's be in a movie directed by a white person about brown people. <laughs> like, he's in every single movie. <laughs> like, Slumdog Millionaire, this movie, uh, the Hotel Mumbai movie, Lion, like, so much of his oh, uh, Lion, work, yeah, body yeah. of work, it's, like, literally just, like, a white person uh, making a story about brown people, which, you know, I'm not mad at him for it. Like, get your money. Yeah, that's great for you. But for anyone wondering, Exotic Marigold Hotel is not an Indian movie. <laughs> what else? Is there anything else he's been in that's notable? Oh, I watched The Newsroom. He was in that. Again, like I said earlier, like lovable nerd. And The Newsroom was, was big in like second half of the Obama era where Twitter was a thing and journalists were like on Twitter and recognizing that social media is a place to like impact politics and journalism and being taken more seriously but i saw a headline the other day that said the newsroom is the worst prestige show on television (laughs) so it's just an aaron sorkin show and so it's like mediocre acting you know predictable plot lines but he was in it he was pretty good in that so Mm -hmm. maybe i'd rewatch some of those episodes the other show that I think really stands out to me that he was in is Skins. I, that was his first ever role. And for me, watching Skins, like I basically lived my teenage years vicariously through the show because they were all over the place. They were chaotic. They, it was like a show about teenagers in the UK just like balls to the wall um going crazy and I lived a very sheltered teenage life like I strict parents whatever blah 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 Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. for me watching that show I was like oh yeah like I felt like I was like partaking in some of that like teenage rebellion or whatever you want to call it but he was really uh he played a Pakistani character in that show too which I thought was interesting because I think in the U.S. around that time you were more prone to seeing Indian characters and not so much mm-hmm. Pakistani, but I think in the UK, it's actually, like, very common to see more, like, specific South Asians. Like, you'll see, like, more Bangladeshi characters, more Indian and Pakistani. Mm-hmm. There's, like, that mm-hmm. sort of separation. Or they, they get more specific, I guess, within, like, subgroups of South Asians. And I think that's just because South Asians have been in the UK for longer. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it was, like, really interesting seeing a Muslim Pakistani character. He was just, like, goofy and fun to watch. I had a – that's, like, the start of my crush on Dave Patel. I was like, Mm. this guy is great. Like, he's so, like, funny and goofy. And in that show, too, like, his character was just really lovable but also, like, really hateable at the same time. You were, like, Mm -hmm. you're, like, a trash teenager, but I get it. It's actually really wild to see the longevity he's had in his career. He was so young when he did Skins, which is the first thing that I saw him in. So I feel almost as if I've watched him grow up. Like, I almost feel Mm -hmm. like I know him, which is weird Mm -hmm. because I don't. But he's been in so many things. And so I feel like I've seen you in every phase of your adolescence and adult life. And Skins, it launched so many careers, like not just his, but also Nicholas Holt. Got really famous off that show. Daniel Kaluuya, um, a bunch of Skins oh, characters yeah. were went on to be in Game of Thrones. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya was actually he, a writer on Skins, too, as well as a character, a recurring character. So, Oh, wow. I think I saw a picture of Daniel Kaluuya and Dave Patel. They had, like, a how it started, how it's going. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 
Because they were so young. All of them were so young, which is kind of wild. Like, they were basically teenagers, early 20s. Because Daniel Kaluuya Mm -hmm. is still young. He's, like, not even 40 years old. Right. So, for them to have accomplished this much, it's kind of wild. Iconic. Incredible. Yeah. So, shout out to Skins. Launched so many careers. I have never seen it, but... um, It's funny. I think it's on Netflix. Okay, okay. I've been having a really hard time starting new shows, but maybe I'll give it a watch. Just because, you know, Dave tells it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the thread along this whole episode is like pretty much anything that Dave Patel is in will watch, no matter what genre. Yeah, what <laughs> genre, like the level how of homophobia, how good or bad it is. Yeah. The plot doesn't matter. We'll just here to we'll watch. We'll be the there. Act. Yeah. I know. The hold that this guy has over us, honestly. Um, do you have a favorite of his roles? I think I'd probably have to say, because it's the one I've watched the most recently, is the David Copperfield one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's, I think he's the lead in most of these things, but he's like, he gets so much airtime and he gets to really like develop his whole arc and you get to see like all the character development and all the ways that he is able to act in all those different situations. Um, I think that's probably my favorite role right now. He is a really incredible actor. Like, he's super versatile. And he's been in so many different kinds of roles and has really done every role a lot of justice, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. just, like, aside from being, like, clearly very hot, like, he also is very talented. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's got multiple things going for him. I know that's like two things. You're hot and you can act. <laughs> so and he don't talk three things. He doesn't. He doesn't like say stupid shit. <laughs> I will say, like he's kind of the new thirst object now for the masses. Like a lot of people are coming on to like how hot he is, but it wasn't always that way. And I think particularly around like we were talking about skins, he was kind of an awkward, lanky teenager in that role. And recently, I read an article where he was quoted talking about how he felt really insecure because he wasn't the hot character in Skins. Like, Nicholas Holt, who's mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, the lead in that show, one of the leads, was sort of the the one that everybody had a crush on, and he was, like, this awkward brown kid, and it kind of mm-hmm. gave him, like... It kind of, I think, gave him a little bit of a complex, which really makes me think about the fact that even when he was... I was a teenager, and I was watching him as being the same age. Like, I thought he was cute. Like, he was, like, a little bit dorky, but he was adorable to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, Yeah. this is a very cute guy. And now it's, like, obvious because he's, like, a little bit, like, I don't know. Like, he has a beard. He's a little bit, like, buffer, you know, so people are, like, more into him. But Mm -hmm. I think he's always Mm -hmm. been attractive, and it kind of makes me sad that he felt unattractive. And there's this thing that I see, like, people on Twitter talk about where it's always just, like, are you ugly or are you just around a lot of white people? <laughs> yeah. And is that the beauty standard? And I think this is a classic case of that. Yeah, that's sad. And yeah, and he's always kind of had this, like, I guess, like, dorky, relatable charm. I don't know who Nicholas Holt is. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he a white that, guy like, with a jawline. Was he in that Umbrella Academy show? I I could not tell you what else okay. he was in besides skin, but yeah, he's just literally a white guy with a jawline, so that's why like everybody loves oh, him. Oh, I see. Okay, he's cute, I guess. Are you ugly or are you just around white people? I think that's the other shared parallel journeying of like okay, age appropriate crush, and also this ugly duckling 
narrative that has been put on us by white people, by us, I including myself. <laughs> My high school bully was this white girl, or I guess middle school, starting from middle school. She, like, made me sign a contract that when I turned 14 or 15 that she would get to wax my mustache and my unibrow and just I think she thought I was like a project oh my god <laughs> she's like you could be so pretty if you just like just like a cowgirl and I was like uh and and like she would um be like you can wear this tank top and then like tie this flannel shirt she would kind of like try to style me and it's like can oh we do our homework god. now we're on this project together and so that makes me really sad and also angry that he thought he wasn't at the same level as the conventionally attractive white people who, mm-hmm. like, now I don't know where the fuck they are and why they thought that they were so much better than us. But, yeah, she commented on my Facebook, like, a few years ago. She's like, oh, my God, you grew up to be really pretty. <laughs> oh, my God. Fu- I will beat her ass right now in 2021. Like, where is she? Can't say the same can't say the same, babe, but thanks. You're like, <laughs> you're like, you aged horribly. Sorry. To say. <laughs> In that time, the beauty standard had not yet shifted to, like, incorporate. And I don't even know if it has now. I think it has in a way that, like, white people want to look like they're not white. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was still the time where it was like, oh, you know, you have to be... Like, Jennifer Aniston was, like, the hottest person. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that tweet. That's like... I know white supremacy has a hold on us because we're really supposed to believe that Jennifer Aniston's a bad bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dave Patel. Which, um, no shade to Jennifer Aniston. She is very pretty. But the fact that she was, like, held up as the pinnacle of beauty, it's just, like, wild. Yeah, there's so much other really, types of beauty out there. Yeah, it just also doesn't make sense to be like, this person is hot and everybody else isn't. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, you can be attracted to more than one type of person. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Dave Patel, objectively hot. Don't care what anyone says. Um, and I hope No, we that... are the authority on that. True. We are a critically acclaimed podcast, so. We get to decide who's hot <laughs> and who's not. And that's the final word. So, to wrap up, I think we just wanted to do this episode because we really love Dave Patel. We, we're glad that he's having his moment in the sun right now. We're excited to watch Green Knight. So, yeah, if you have any favorite moments of Dave Patel, things that he's been in that you want to share with us, please let us know. And Dave Patel, we love you. Come on our show. We'd love to. We don't know how to contact you because you're not on any social media. But which if you love. know Dave Patel, <laughs> which we love, yeah, don't don't make an Instagram or anything. But if anyone knows, like, Dave Patel's people, let them know that he's always welcome on Chivery Tower. Always sure welcome to Chivery Tower, yes. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.